it was surreal. It was a moment where I was like, oh, wait, that's you. You're you. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Stationed with Stories. That's it. All right, you are listening to Stationed with Stories. I'm your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. And before we get started, let me just tell you how I always tell you, these are all my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, now that we got that out of the way, hi, peeps. I'm always excited to be with y'all. So hey to all of those who have been with me, welcome back. And to those who are new to the podcast, welcome. This podcast is all about mill spouse life, books, and writing. So if you like any of those things or are curious about any of those things, stick along. We are going to get right into the first part of this podcast, which is the book that I've read. Now, my book review This book has been getting a lot of buzz. Let me tell you, it was shortlisted for many prizes. It's been on many people's book lists and it came out last year, 2021. It is called The Sweetness of Water by Nathan Harris. And I told y'all, for those who've been with me, you know that my sister, my mom and I, we have a little book club, right? So this book was my mother's pick And so we read the book and we actually had a little online book club meeting because we're all in different places right now. And I'm so glad, y'all. I'm so glad that I waited (laughs) to review this book until after I had a conversation with my mom, my sister about it, because listen here, it opened my mind to it because I had some thoughts. I had some thoughts. I always have thoughts. Y'all, I always have some thoughts, but I think my thoughts have shifted a bit after the conversation because I was like, "Mm, it was okay. But let me just get into my three words. My three words, quotidian, shocking, liminal. All right. So quotidian, daily life. It is a book that is quiet in a way, especially in the beginning because you are looking at people in their daily routines. And at the same time, it is in some unusual new circumstances for the community, for this particular community of people, this town. And I did not say before, this book, The Sweetness of Water, is a historical novel, historical fiction. So I, and I typically really like this genre. I have read quite a few and reviewed them for you all this year. And so I picked this one up because it was part of the book club, but it really is a genre that I enjoy. Now, it is a civil war, post-civil war, like literally the moment after the civil war ended. That space is largely untapped, I would say. Now, you have some reconstruction novels, and those are really interesting. You have some, like after some of these policies were put into place and you see how the new South was dealing with these newly emancipated people and former slaves, right? Former enslaved people and how all of that, I mean, from voting to being able to 
sustain economies in this new economic system. All of this, right? You see that in some novels. You don't see too much in like that moment where it was like, okay, a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago, even we were enslaved, but now we're not. Like that moment of utter, you know, not chaos because it's not wartime anymore, but there's, there, it's chaotic in that there's such a task ahead for everybody to figure out how to create communities with this new reality. So anyway, that's the book. Okay. And it's very quiet. It starts off very quiet as I say quotidian because it's just daily life, but they're, they're in their daily lives in very new circumstances. And so in, in that way, it's not one of those novels that you pick up and there's a lot going on. No, it's the smaller moments. It's what they do every day. It's what the norm for this person, this family who is navigating their new circumstances. But it's, it's that small moment, that quotidian feel to it that really resonated with me, especially for the first half of the book. Now, second word, shocking. I talk about the first half. Y'all, there's something shocking that happens. And enough of just the shock of post-slave state. There's in the storyline, the shocking event that happens that kind of turns this whole community around. Even more so, right, than the larger changes at stake in the community, which is trying to take a southern town and get them to comply with being under union control, right? Being part of the U.S. anymore. You are not the Confederate States of America. You know, this is not who you're under anymore. You have to get back on track with what our mission is as the United States of America. So that within itself was enough of a challenge to be able to see how people are dealing with this on the individual level. But there's a shock. And it was very shocking for me. And I think I said this last week. I don't always read all of the reviews. I definitely don't. I don't read too much upon the thoughts of a critic's thoughts or whatever of a book. I don't. I usually find out about a book from someone's recommendation or I'm looking through some hot books that are coming out more recently, or there's a book that I heard about that I never got a chance to read. And then to another extent, an author that I just like. And so I'm going to read another one of their books because I love the book that I read before. So that's usually how I get to the books. And so once again, I knew that this book was shortlisted for a lot of prizes. I think it was an Oprah book club book. People were really into it. My mom picked it and I said, yes, let's go with it. Yeah, I did not know exactly what was going to happen. So if you don't know, good, because you can find it out. And it was really shocking to me. So that was that. It it was really that one event and what happened from there. But outside of the one major event in the book, there were also shocking ways that I felt the author was using suggestions of what could be going on in the community or what was happening between two characters, relationship stuff that was very interesting and provocative. And so, you know, shocking slash provocative. There there were some really provocative, but quietly shared, quietly written parts of the book that, you know, just really left me thinking and reeling in, in some ways. So there's that. And then Liminal. It is a book about being 
on the line, this space between two different sides that this particular book occupies for me. And so what I mean by that, there are just so many characters who live their life one way publicly, but then their private life is different. And and they're trying to navigate both spaces, right? They're trying to navigate, you know, being publicly interested in one particular lifestyle. And then privately, they are entertaining something totally different. Characters who are, for example, indifferent about this change from being a slave state to being a state with emancipated peoples, right? And that space moving from that indifference to taking a stand and the consequences of that. It's just, it's, it's very liminal. I think there's a lot of people in transition. And obviously this point in history is is very interesting because it's past the Civil War, but it's so close upon like that transition between we are an act of war and we have just signed our peace agreement and we are back to be harmonious like that line that point in history happens so close to the start of this book that the the society is really in a liminal space where it's like okay this is how we used to do things but we can't do it like that anymore but we kind of want to do it like that but we're not going to do that anymore. So we we're trying to figure out how to put systems in place so that we follow these new sets of rules that we have. It's just interesting to be in that in-between space. And so, you know, those are my words, quotidian, shocking, and liminal. There are places, like I said, not just in the action of the book. And like I said, it's a quieter book and then you have this like shocking middle piece and then the speed picks up in the book. But there's also ways that the author, I think, plays with language and plays with expectations, expectations that you have about people, uh, development of characters. I found some characters to have developed really satisfactorily for me. I just was very impressed, particularly by one of the characters, just how much she grew and and just some some very tenuous relationships that were just very fragile, lots of fragile relationships in this book that, you know, occupy that middling space where it's, it's not totally one thing, but it's not totally another thing. And so that part was fascinating. And uh, like I said, the book is The Sweetness of Water by Nathan Harris. And, um, you know, if that is the type of book that you want to pick up, pick it up if you so choose. All right, y'all, moving on to the topic of the day. Y'all, my hobby came back. Yes, yes, clap for it. Be excited for me, y'all. I, I was so excited. Okay, so back up. I think I mentioned a couple of episodes ago about just the 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 ghetto the ghettoness of deployment it can be the ghetto yes it can be it, it's just a lot and everyone has different experiences obviously not everyone is in a family where the active duty person even deploys okay so it's not a reality for everybody but in my world it is a reality 
my husband will deploy, does deploy. Okay. So we went through our first deployment. Y'all, y'all know that I'm new to all this. So listen, mill spouse, but new at this thing, pretty, still pretty new, two years in, going on year three of this. But this is the first time that he's had to deploy just because of how things have worked out. And uh, when we got married and, and him not being on sea duty yet. So anyway, y'all, it, the, the, the deployment was not long. If you've been tallying, mm-hmm, I know y'all, y'all been listening. And those who've been with me, I've been like, wait, hold on now. You were just talking about deployment. And I thought he, listen, no, it was not a very long deployment. Thank you. But it was long enough. And if you've been here, you know it. Y'all, just a week can be long. But he was gone for a, a, a what? A decent length of time, a couple of months. He was gone for a couple of months. And I was good. I was good. And then I was like, oh, this is a ghetto. <laughs> and honestly, I had a lot going on. There was, there was a lot going on in my family back home. And that kind of put me in this space where I couldn't be there to comfort and to problem solve with them. And I'm all the way in Japan. And, you know, my husband's not home. And I'm maintaining, managing. I got a lot going on in my life. Listen, I keeps busy. But at the same time, some weeks in, it was over a month. It was over a month in and I was like, hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is this is doable, but it's not ideal. I don't love this whole deployment thing. But y'all, so thankful he is back. Okay. So, uh, and one of the things that was really good because I came, like I got to that space, things were happening in my family. He was deployed. I went on a fantastic Euro trip. And I talk about that briefly last week, but I was in Spain. I was in Germany. I was in Hungary. Fantastic trip. And that took my mind off the deployment piece, you know, living the best life. Living a great life and just, it was a great time with also friends and families. It was just reunions all the way around. So that part was fantastic. But when I got back, like literally I got back and the next day he sends me a message and he's like, I might see you soon. And y'all, I know this from experience now. And I talked about this before. Listen, you don't know. You don't know. And I got my hopes up last time. I thought I might see him. Y'all, them, mm-mm, mm-mm, no hopes, no dreams. No hopes, no dreams. Keep them to a minimum, okay? Because <laughs> it's just like that. You may think you know something. They may be pulling in and they may not. Listen, you just never know. And so I did not get my hopes up high. Long story short, I uh, got the maybe message the day after I got back from my big trip. And so I was like, oh, that would be like icing on top of this cake, like to have this great trip. And then my husband come back home. Okay. And then he came home and it was fantastic. And, and he was like, okay, I have to work all day, but I'll be home tonight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real. They're back. I'm so excited. Y'all know if you're a male spouse and you have a spouse who has to be deployed, or if you are, you know, child, you know, and you're parent was deployed, whatever it is, you remember that feeling of like, they are coming home today, y'all. So I got into that excitement mode. I'm like, okay, so excited. And when he got home, it was surreal. It was surreal. It was a moment where I was like, oh, wait, that's you. You're you. 
oh, wow. Like, like I was just gazing at him and thinking, you're real. So anyway, if you've been through that, let me know how, how you would describe it. But it was that moment for me. And then it got me to thinking, y'all, because you know stuff gets me to thinking. It got me to thinking, um, oh, shoot, now I got a household to run. <laughs> and, and so this is the part. This is my first like re-engagement piece of the puzzle of deployment, right? Because they say you go through cycles and I'm in this place where it's like, okay, now getting him like reacquainted with the house, where things are. Y'all, so I'll give you a couple of things that just was funny in this whole reacclimation phase. So number one, grocery shopping. You know, I got a household to run and I'm like, wait, I don't eat meat. So I, I need to get some meat for the household because we're just not stocked up on that anymore because he's been gone. And so, yeah, I was like, OK, so let me get this grocery list. And I love grocery shopping for those who are like, oh, awful. That's just more work. I'm like, yes, love to grocery shop. Y'all So I was just getting all the meat just like what 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 kind of meat, what kind of meals are, am I going to make? I also love cooking. So all of these things are like joyous things for me. And so that was a big thing. But I'm like, okay, wait, you know, these little mushrooms and tofu, soft tofu is not going to do it. It's not going to do it. Um, the other thing, it's just stock. Stock of not just the food, but just other things. I'm like, you know what? I need to stock the bathrooms with tissue. Like... <laughs> For real, you know, because when they come back home, it's like you have to think about all these things that you're not thinking about. And then, of course, I don't have other people in my household right now. And so it's literally just me thinking about what I need. And I'm like, this little roll of toilet paper, I am just going to leave this here. And when I need to restock and put it in a bathroom, I will. But no, no, there are two people now. And so I probably should put these little restock rolls in the bathroom right now because, you know, you just don't want to be there in the bathroom and need some tissue and thinking to yourself, man, I thought we had more tissue in this bathroom, but I was going to restock it when it was just me because I knew how much I was going to. You, you understand what I'm saying, right? Listen, and the other thing is stopping old slash bad habits of deployment season. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, I don't know why we talk about the bathroom today so much, but anyway, I'm going to go there. I, when my husband left, I was like, you know what? In the middle of the night, if I had to get up and tinkle, I'm not going to flush the toilet. One is yellow, so I'm going to let it mellow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all do, some of y'all don't but it's okay. So I'm of that mind frame. If it's yellow, let it mellow, especially at night. Now during the daytime, I'm usually flushing all the time, but right at night, I'm like, you know, I'm in the buildings. Our toilets are loud for no reason. I'm just tinkling, tinkle, wash hands, get back in the bed. I'm not flushing. Okay. But then my husband came home and I was like, should I talk to him about this? Like, will he judge me? <laughs> and it's like very silly. And like, literally, he wouldn't care at all. But like, these are the things you think about because you've been developing these habits when they're gone that, you know, it's like, it, it doesn't matter. The same thing, like with some of the foods that I eat in stock, it does not matter, you know, or having a little dish in the sink. I always, and I'm, and I'm going to confess to y'all right now, I'm very much, I'm not a neat freak, but 
I'm very close to that. I'm, my, my house is very clean. I believe in a cleaning schedule. I believe in no dishes in the sink. Okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe a neat freak, right? I very much am into it. And I helped my husband to that when he was here. But I'm not going to lie to y'all. After he left, maybe there was a bowl in the sink overnight. You know, bowl and spoon. Maybe there was a little glass in the sink overnight. And I was like, it's okay. Whatever. I'll get in the morning. Because I knew I was going to get in the morning. But see, when my husband was home, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, everything has to be cleared out. Because I'm like, I don't want to see anything in the sink. So I, I just felt like a hypocrite, you know. But at the same time, now that he's back, I'm like... I got to really be on top of the things that I say I'm on top of. So I don't know. It's it's a funny thing. It's a funny thing. Welcoming them back is exciting. Reunited post-deployment is, is beautiful. I've just been in that lovey-dovey place, and we've been in that lovey-dovey place since he's been home. And it's it's fun. It is fun. And, of course, it won't last forever who knows how long we'll have, but that's the military, right? That is male spouse life. You just don't know. So you live in the moment as best as you can. Anyway, moving on to the last portion of this podcast, y'all. As always, I have some original work for you. And this time is actually going to be a poem. And it's an old poem. So O-D-E, old too, okay? And it's called State of relaxation. So we're in that mood of just like happiness and just rejuvenation. And so that is this poem. State of relaxation. O2. Steamy water dissolving scented salts where I'll soak and read a magazine or a book. Body submerged until completely soothed. O2. Searching the pantry, selecting salty snacks to crunch, crunch, and sweet custards to scoop, scoop. Ode 2. Crooning soulsters, beckoning my head to nod and my hips to sway. Or scenes of a favorite show, ushering forth laughter from my belly or intrigue marked by twinkling eyes. O2, slipping on my headscarf, pulling back the sheets, and calling it a night no matter the time of day. O2, bathing, snacking, singing, watching, and slipping my way towards relaxation. All right, y'all, that is it for today. I hope that you enjoyed the podcast. Once again, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Definitely check me out on social media, stationed underscore story. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find the YouTube page, Stationed with Stories, and of course, the website. Check out the website because the website has so much for you all, stationedwithstories.com. And a little plug, I didn't say this last week, but I, in the last week's special piece, I have a video there on the website that illustrates me dancing in the streets. Okay. So this is like circa 2015. No, no, this is circa 2013 video. It's some good stuff of me dancing in China with a stranger, uh, elderly gentleman. 
And it is, uh, it's just a lot of fun to be able to go to those archives, but you can find all of the podcasts there on the website, as well as written versions of the pieces. All of my original work is there as well. So definitely leave all the stars on any podcasting app that you're listening to, leave comments, and I will be back with you next Monday. Station with Stories. I'm your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps.